Welcome to episode 146 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Virtue's Last Reward. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have one friend with me. Uh, she's a streamer, she's a content creator, uh, and we like her very much. It's Control-Alt-Noob. Welcome back to the show. Woo! Thank you for having me. Hi. That was very nice. <laughs> I, I could say nice things about you all day long, uh, but why don't you talk about all the nice things that you do? Uh, this is your third, second or third time on this show. Third, We've done many yeah. podcasts together, so yeah. I'm like, how many? <laughs> many at this point, yeah. I think it's third on this one. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, what do I do? I do <laughs> YouTube. I do streaming. Uh-huh. I play mm-hmm. video games. Uh, I play a lot of games with story and mostly stream nowadays, but I have um, started up doing Let's Plays a bit more again recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I play a lot of indie games too. I have an indie series uh, where I like to play like either free to play games or demos and stuff, and I highlight one of them per week. Uh, and I think that's kind of it. I think that's how we we discovered you is is through your like PlayStation Plus content way back in the day when you were doing that. Back in the day, yeah. Back like <laughs> at this point, probably three or four years ago. Three or four years ago? Oh my god, time flies. What is um, time? What is time? Uh, we're going to find out when we talk about this game. Uh, but if you want to hear the episodes that um, she was on before, uh, she was on episodes uh, 104, uh, Psychonauts, and episode uh, 121, 999, 9 Hours, 9 Persons, 9 Doors, which is the prequel to this game, Virtue's Last Reward. Um, this game comes from Chunsoft, uh, published by Axis, available on a bunch of stuff, 3DS, Vita, PC, PS4, Xbox One, originally released on October 23rd of 2012, uh, but it's been re-released a bunch of times. It's actually, I believe, on Game Pass now as well. Mm, so Yeah, it is. It is. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious, um, listen to the first 20 minutes of this if you've not played it. Listen to the first 20 get a feel for it, go play it, and then come back because this is one of those episodes that like you're going to want to play yourself. It's that mm-hmm. good. 100%. We start the show like we start all of our shows with the fast pitch. Uh, one sentence description of what this game is all about. Um, so who, did you want to start or did you want me to start on this? Uh, I can start. I kind of had one. Yes, um, please. It is Virtue's Last Reward takes everything that the previous game did and just does it so much better <laughs> that's the pitch and if you've not played it my my one sentence pitch is it is half branching storylines or half visual novel half uh escape rooms and the visual novel is one of the best that's out there mm-hmm. that's more descriptive than mine was <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean you you assume that people have either seen, watched, or played 999 yeah. because I think it's actually essential that you do that before you play this. Would you say so? I would say so, yeah. Like, it would be a shame to not because, like, it does tie together. 
and um like you would miss quite a lot i think if you hadn't Mm -hmm. on the surface it looks like it is almost an entirely different game than uh, nine hours nine doors nine persons which started on the ds but it's kind of available in a two-pack on every system with this game um but there are such payoffs if you play that game and then play this game that aren't necessarily immediately on the surface. Yeah. Uh, before we dive in, I want to just talk about some of the stuff that came out around this game uh, in the same month as this one in October of 12. We got Forza Horizon. We got Skylanders Giants. We got another 3DS title, uh, Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask, The Unfinished Swan, and Assassin's Creed 3. I believe this game started on Vita and 3DS first and then made its way to other like more traditional platforms after that. Um, we've talked about our visual novel kind of love on episode 121 that you were on previously, but I'd love a quick recap of like how much you like games like this, uh, kind of in the visual novel style. Um, yeah, I haven't played that many or at least at the time of playing this or at least at the time of playing 999 anyway, I think 999 was my first visual novel and then I think between because I, I didn't play, I left like a good chunk of time between playing the two. And I think between mm -hmm. them, I may have played a couple of little ones, mm -hmm. uh, like Doki Doki Literature Club and stuff like that. But I don't actually have a huge amount of experience with um, visual novels. So this has kind of set the standard for me. It's a very high bar to clear. Yeah, it's, um, I'll tell you what it has done. It has made me want to play more. Um, like I have a lot on my list that I'm like, I need to play this. I need to play that. Uh, I've played some like other ones that maybe aren't traditional. Like since, since playing VLI, yeah, I played How Full Boyfriend, which was a yep. very strange one that was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. It was nothing like VLR or 999, mm -hmm. but it was a visual novel. Um... I'm playing one called Noja on my Switch, which I'm not oh, as yeah, yeah, keen on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard on. of that. I've heard it's, it's very good. It's interesting. It's a bit repetitive. Um, It's like, it's Among Us, the visual novel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Uh, I think I haven't really gotten into the meat of it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an interesting one. And Is then, that one about an oil town in the US? No, it's like on a spaceship or something it's uh okay. i'm probably thinking of a different game then maybe i'm trying to think i am thinking of a different game one. sorry <laughs> okay that's all right it's um that one's in space yeah it's it's among us have you played danganronpa that is on my playstation installed right now uh, i'm gonna play it at some point for sure i want to play that and i want to play steins gate okay but i don't describe steins gate really fast for me Something to do with time, visual okay. novel. That's all I know. It's a time story. Apparently, it's very good. I love time stories. And it looks like there's also potentially an anime as well that was made from the visual yeah. novel too. So yes, I have played, a, a. I would say, probably about the same amount as you have. I've, you know, touched the Phoenix Wright games. Oh, um, yeah. I need to which play are those. Pretty, I've played the first one and I've touched the second one and I have the trilogy on my Switch that I will get to at some point i played the first thing in rampa which i really liked i heard that the second one maybe isn't as isn't as good but still like still pretty good 
And I just, I really want to play a couple like Dream Daddy. I want to play uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. I, I want to play because without spoiling things, it kind of, kind of breaks the genre a little bit in some, some cool ways. Yeah. Uh, there are just a bunch of them that I, I feel like even the ones that uh, bring in those like visual novel elements like Murder by Numbers or um, uh, Boyfriend Dungeon, I find is like half roguelike, half visual novel. Right. Like, I just want to dive into more of them is what I'm trying to say, especially after this game. Because I, I played this game when I was unemployed and I was literally playing it like four hours every day for like a week and a half. And mm. I was in a one bedroom apartment apartment with my partner who was actually working every day. And she she could see me from her office just sitting on the floor like playing uh, Virtu- Virtue's Last Reward all day. And she would just come over and be like, are you... Are you playing the anime game again? And I'll be like, yeah, but it's so good. And like, she loves sci-fi. And I'm, I was trying to like explain it to her. And she's like, yeah, that sounds cool. But um, I didn't do a good job of explaining it is, is I guess what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> Lots of visual novels we can play. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read off a couple quick reviews about uh, this game before we dive in and start talking about this one. Um, the first one comes from Destructoid. They gave it a, I was actually really surprised at how high these reviews were. I thought they were going to be really middling, but a lot of them were very glowing. Yeah. Destructoid said nine and a half. Virtue's Last Reward is a worthy follow-up to the In the Zero Escape series. You need to play it. Just, you know, play 999 first. GameSpot 8.5 Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward is a memorable and enthralling sci-fi horror adventure that will have you glued to the small screen. And IGN 9.5 two years ago, Axis was shocked by 999 success. This year, they shouldn't be shocked when VLR matches, then exceeds its predecessor. The sequel is more twisted, more brutal, and more memorable than the first volume. It solidified Zero Escape as a series. And it's an, it's an experience I recommend to every gamer if you're over 18 and you've played 999 first. 999 was incredible. Virtue's Last Reward is even better. Get into this series now. <laughs> Though th- That's a pretty good summary of like how I feel about this one. Um, I want to ask you how you felt about it, but first, how did you play it? Uh, on what system? I played on PS4. I had the double pack thing, so I played 999 on there, and then obviously I already had VLR there ready to go, so easy. Yep, same. I played it on PS4 as well. Um, I have the DS version of 999, but I, I'm really if you're willing to get into the series or want to, I would recommend not playing that version because in that version there's more retreading that you have to do than some of the more modern versions like PS4. So if you're interested, get the double pack. It's on Game Pass. It's on PS4. It's on PC, and those versions work really well. How do you feel very high level about this game? before we talk about the craziness that is Virtue's Last Reward. High level. What do you mean by high level? Do you like this game? How do you feel about its story? Is it one of the best you've played? Is it one of the worst? I need to know. All right. I love this game. This game is very good. I really enjoy the story. Um, just it's... Um, I was doing some recapping today of like moments that happened and stuff and... Just everything about it, the pacing, the well not everything, it does have like occasional problems, but the mysteries that unfold as you go, like I've never been so like, what's gonna happen next? And every mystery that's solved, another mystery is then given to you. 
and it's like, oh my god, what's gonna happen next? Yep. Um, I had like these moments with the characters because I was also let's play in it at the same time. Um, it, I have some very memorable moments with some of the characters. Um, and I just, it's those kinds that every time I think back to it, it always makes me smile. Yeah, absolutely the same. I think for a, a small peek behind the curtain, I typically, and, and most of the folks that come on the podcast, we usually play a game like within the month that we record it. So sometimes like if there's four people, one person played it like a month ago, but everyone kind of finished it within the two weeks that we record. Um, in this case, um, at least for me, I played this game two years ago and I feel I feel like we needed to do this for a couple reasons. One, I don't think there's many stories that like match this one as far as like the way they one up and the game's kind of there's a lot of stuff happening and most of it fits together and makes sense in a way that like they swing and they hit uh, most of a home run. Yeah. Uh, and there are some frames and some images and some situations and some twists that even two years later, I still remember. There's a certain frame um, of one of the characters uh, that happens in the very end of the game with a revelation of realizing what has happened to him and I think I had nightmares about that for days afterwards. <laughs> and it's still something occasionally that I think about. <laughs> yeah. I will mention what it is later. Um, but I, I, we have to explain so much more before we get there. Mm -hmm. um, what is this game from like a very basic level, uh, Noob? If you had to like describe um, what you're doing in it, uh, what do you do in Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward? Yeah, so at a basic level, like as we've mentioned, it's a visual novel. So you begin the game uh, going through the novel section. It's kind of, um, it's a visual novel, but it's made up with like 3D models and stuff. Uh, it's a very interesting look to it, actually. Like, whereas the first one was like more hand-drawn and stuff. Mm -hmm. This one is like all kind of 3D. Um and you go through the story, uh, you have a flowchart which uh, branches depending on decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. So you are basically making decisions and then you are also playing escape rooms when you get to those, uh, which like, I'm trying to even remember how you just kind of go in them, don't uh, like... Oh my goodness. So I can I can talk about the doors if it like I think we'll we'll talk about that, but there's a door system that mm. dictates based on where you are in the flowchart of what um of what escape room you go into. But I think it's fair to say that there are maybe like somewhere between a dozen and twenty different escape rooms that you can do in this branching storyline that you can go back to different parts of. Yeah. You, you've completely just reminded me of everything now. That's so good. Um, yeah, there Did are loads of Did you access the morphogenetic field when, when I said that? Yeah, you like unlocked my memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the escape rooms in this game, I found much more difficult than the first game. Yep. Uh, I had to get help many times. Mm -hmm, same. Um, and not all of it was the game's fault. I also made some really dumb decisions uh, or mistakes. Uh, I had some moments, actually. Um, 
but they were entertaining and it was the game was kind of structured very well so like whereas in the first game you maybe didn't know what was coming next uh and like how it was going to go down uh as you play virtue's last reward you'll kind of learn that there's a set structure to the game mm-hmm. where it goes um novel uh escape room and then another game that we haven't talked about yet uh these all create branches and you kind of know if you're going into an escape room you're not in a novel section anymore whereas in 999 sometimes you'd be in the middle of an escape room and you would get 20 minutes of exposition that doesn't happen here it's um it's very structured and it it flows very well i think no i i would super tend to agree with you that like compared they they make a lot of improvements um i think the puzzle design is is better in this one than the first um mm-hmm. instead of having like we are in a full 3d environment in this one compared to like the first game which was kind of like a your character models were flat but the environment when you were in escape room you can kind of move in three dimensions but it was very rudimentary mm-hmm. um for this game uh i also needed help with a lot of the puzzles sometimes it'll it's a lot of like picking up item to go to a different part of the room to use item on that part of the room that gets you another item that eventually gets you to a safe and then that safe will get you cards that help you get out of the rooms mm-hmm. um but the thing that we 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 kind of you kind of alluded to is that there are really three sections there's visual novel there's escape room and there's a third thing so the third thing is very much like the um, like the first game, you're in what's what's called the the nonary games. So the nonary games is a game with with nine people, where uh, they have to uh, execute a bunch of different games in order to potentially escape. So, should we set up the the story and then talk about like what the nonary games actually is? Because I think once we do that, then we can say, all right, guys, time for your spoiler warning, and then dive into how mad this game is. Yeah, that sounds... I think it's time. Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about maybe, like, Sigma and what happens with, with him to start, and then I can, like, talk about the structure of the game after that? Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, all right. The game starts, and correct me if I'm wrong, does it start where um, with a little bit of novel where he is just coming out of a library or a college or something into his car? Yes. Um, it is at 25th of December, I can't even find... 2028, 2028, yeah, it comes up with a date, it tells you specifically when uh, he's submitting his Christmas work or something, um, and then he gets into his car, and the gas happens, and mm-hmm. he wakes up in a room with a girl, and uh, just a little kind of it's an elevator right it's like small claustrophobic ish there's things on the walls and stuff and he has no idea how he got here and she doesn't seem to either and uh kind of goes from there yeah uh yeah that girl's named Phi, and immediately there is a small white rabbit uh ai on the screen uh, named Zero, who tells them that there's been a game that's been organized for them, and they will find out more once they escape this elevator shaft. Or yeah, this elevator shaft. They escape it, and they come out into a warehouse, 
in that warehouse, they meet some of the other characters that are also caught in this game. And lo and behold, like 999, we are caught in another Nonary Games, except this time it's called the Ambidex Edition. Uh, or AB for short, which actually has a secret meaning, which we'll we'll get into. No, I can just say it now. It means after before, uh, which Wink will we'll talk about. Uh, the way the game is structured is that there are what's called chromatic doors. These doors are a specific color, and each participant has a watch. And on the watch, there will be a number, and then there will be a color, and there will be a, a word either solo or duo. It's a little different from the first Nonary games in that in the first one, they just had a number and they had to, you know, essentially come up with some formulation to go through doors in a combination of everyone's different watches. In this game, the number on your watch actually represents the amount of points that you have. You start with three. If you get to nine points, you can exit the the big door right in the warehouse. But there's a few things to take into account here. with the the door um it only opens once and it only opens for nine seconds and anyone who doesn't go through the door uh with nine points never gets to leave this warehouse if you try and leave and you don't have nine points you'll be punished aka you'll be killed in a way that you'll find out later uh and the whole structure of the game uh mirrors uh, a, a very famous like research paper called the prisoner's dilemma and the way it works is after a game is done after you escape a room um, you'll come together with your team and decide whether or not you want to ally with your team or you want to betray your team and based on how that works um, the two people you know if there's a team of three one in a solo two in a duo if both of them decide to ally they both get points if they both decide to betray each other which means like you have the opportunity to get more points than you would if you allied. Um, You get more points, but your ally loses points. If you lose points, go down to zero, you die. Uh, And so there's always this fun game after an escape room of having to decide really quickly as a team, are you going to ally? Are you going to agree to like give everyone points? Are you going to like try and backstab each other, but really like you're both front stabbing yourselves in the face by getting no points? <laughs> or is one team going to betray the other, get more points and put the other person at risk? <sighs> that was a lot of words. Did I miss anything? No, I think you nailed it. It's um, this is like an entirely extra thing compared to what was in the first game. And it like, adds so much it adds so much tension it adds like it makes you start questioning the decisions that you're making because it's it's kind of like a meta game on the game um like anytime you're deciding which door you want to go through you might be thinking oh but if i go through this person are they gonna ally with me or are they gonna betray me um and like technically if everybody just allied all the time, we'd all be good, but people aren't like that, are they? <laughs> they are not, especially with some of the characters that are in this room. Uh, some of them are a lot more devious than others. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know if if very quickly you want to set up who the, the nine characters are. Um, why don't you start by sharing maybe your favorite character, at least when the game started? Because each character has a huge backstory and stuff in there. So I'd love to know, like, when you when you open and get into the warehouse with everyone, who is your favorite? 
Oh, favorite. I don't think I had one. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I kind of was leery of everyone. Yeah, it's... um. One thing to mention is that basically as soon as you've had your first um, description of the games, the game kind of breaks up and depending on what choice you make, you can experience this story in a very different order, which means you might meet certain characters and get to know them before you get to know others. Um, so it's everyone might have a different experience. Uh, like for me, I got to know um alice more first than anybody Mm -hmm. else Mm -hmm. i didn't like alice but she was the first (laughs) one i got to know Mm -hmm. um and then i moved on after that uh generally my favorite i have oh man you're gonna hate me i have a i have a soft spot for a character are we in full spoiler territory yet yeah, let, let's go that? ahead and say that if you are interested in Virtue's Last Reward, if the, the five-minute diatribe that I just shared interested you in any way, do us a favor, stop this podcast, download Virtue's Last Reward, play 999 first, play Virtue's Last Reward, and then download episodes 121 and 146 of the show, <laughs> listen to them in order, noobs on that one, uh, and we're just going to go full ham on spoilers. So this is your warning, we are going into it. Noob, go ahead. Sweet. Like, I didn't Sweet. like him, but but I have a super soft Don't say Dio. For Dio. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you know what my notes say? My notes yeah. say a JoJo Bizarre, Bizarre Adventure looking all sign. That's what my name, <laughs> that's what my notes say. He's apathetic. He's super self-centered. He's so annoying. Why do you like him? <laughs> he's horrible. He's horrible. <laughs> he's, he's like kind of good looking, I guess. He's right. So, you know when a character is bad and you don't like him, he's a <laughs> character that is bad that I like because like he's a very interesting villain. <laughs> yeah. Um. He well, I I just had a moment with him where he presented this dilemma with to us where he's like threatening us to make sure that we ally, mm-hmm. and I really. I didn't at this point suspect that he was... I just thought he was a bit of a lost hand, that was all. Mm-hmm. So I gave him all of the benefits of the doubt every time. Mm-hmm. And it never went well for me, any time. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite things of this game is how, like, I really thought what he was doing... I felt like he had his own motives. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, he has his own motives and he can't tell us for whatever reason. I should mm-hmm. help him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know why that is where my brain went. Um, turns out he does have his own motives, but maybe <laughs> we shouldn't help him. <laughs> yeah, so like I wrote the most notes, so I have notes about every character, and Dio has the most notes. So <laughs> I think that as a, I don't want to call him a side character, but as like a non-core character to the series, which you're going to find out more about, I think he's the most interesting non-core character. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, got he's a interesting. Lot going on. He I think looks that's like, what I mean. I don't like him. I just find him interesting. Yeah, he's a well-developed character. He looks like a circus ringmaster. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he could be in the um, uh, the Greatest Showman. That's the Hugh Jackman <laughs> movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like what if Hugh Jackman made an evil character in that movie? This is Dio. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I would agree that like he's probably the most interesting non-core character, but I I. I hated him and that's fine. But uh, there are other characters too. Um, I don't love that 
in every game there's a there's a woman who has her like whole chest exposed like she's got the the biggest chest in the world and it's just all out there for you and yeah in this game it's alice yeah um who was teased at the end of 999 as someone who is hitching a ride um who kind of plays up like a lot of egyptian stereotypes i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah she's wearing this weird like necklace like that's all she's wearing basically. Yep. Um and she is like very uh like straight spoken, like mm-hmm. harsh with her words, uh, uh not likable. She's, like she's kinda like a cop. No, I think that, that that's all you need to say about her right now. Um her, you find out more interesting stuff about her, like her dad was an Egyptian scientist, mom was French. Uh, dad was kidnapped like she's got layers to her for sure she does i think that's um part of the reason she is why she is and otherwise she is just also just not not that nice of a person she's not and she's (laughs) friends with someone that's going to be very familiar to a lot of fans uh of the game is clover who was in Mm -hmm. the first game as well as like a uh that was snake's sister like Mm -hmm. quite young sister right yeah, pink hair, um, very like a bit cutesy, but you also don't want to get on her wrong side. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very, um, I want to say she's grown up a little bit. Probably not. She wasn't very grown up the other time, but she's <laughs> she's learned some tricks from Alice, yep. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, she was a kid in the first game, and now she's like probably eight, seventeen or eighteen. If I was if I was a betting man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she's um she's a bit like she's quite bubbly uh mm-hmm. interesting to be around <laughs> i i would agree with you uh then there is k who's a robot man k is a mystery isn't he um mm-hmm. for like a lot of the game he's basically mm-hmm. this big ginormous robot suit um that talks uh even from the beginning, you might be like, is there even a person in this? Or is this just a robot? Or mm-hmm. what? Because um, they had so amnesia he, too, right? He doesn't remember anything. He can't tell you who he is. He doesn't know why he's here. And we can't see his identity. So it's like immediately, what is happening with you? Mm-hmm. You are suspicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it kind of like uh, the the character in the first game who whose name escapes me right now, but... They also lost their memory and had amnesia and were big. Yeah, it's worth saying that in each of these games, they use the at least in the in the first two, they use what's called the enneagram, which is like almost this like business leadership like way of bucketing people's personalities into one of nine categories. Uh, we we talked about it on the last step on the last time we, we did, did this, uh, but each character typically fills like an archetype of the enneagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wish I could remember. Uh, we did the tests, didn't we? I can't remember did, who yeah. I was now. But yeah, I didn't even think to like link these characters up to that as well. That's interesting. It's, it's less obvious in this one because in the first one they had like the wristwatch and on the watch it had a number which matched like oh, the Enneagram. Okay. In this one, because the watch doesn't have like a, a one to nine number. Mm-hmm. And also the, the personality types aren't as clearly cut as the first time. Like mm-hmm. some have elements of multiple different Enneagram types. So yeah, g- give yourself some grace on this one. It's not as, it's not as clear cut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 
who do you want to jump in and talk about next? Um, how about Luna? Yeah, let's do that. Sweet girl. Yep. A nurse. Uh huh. She's um, she's very soft spoken. She's very kind. Mm-hmm. She's just doesn't have an opinion on anything. <laughs> um, and she's just, she's just yeah, she's a little, little bird. <laughs> I, mean, I have nothing else to say about her yeah intelligent sweet uh maybe a little robotic uh and a nurse which which comes into play and helps out in some of the the things that are to follow um tenmyoji he's a grumpy old man he is a grumpy old man he's 67 he's not getting any younger he wants to get out of here he's with a little boy named quark who has a little helmet on and he's he's a cute little guy too he has a silly, silly helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Every time I see his hat, I'm like, "What is that? <laughs> what is on your face, sir?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ten Miyoji, just grumpy. A uh, bit more to him than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quark, very smart. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a child, but very, very smart. Like um, a ten-year-old boy, I think. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's um. Oh, can't wait to get into more story stuff. I was just about to start saying things. I was like, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then let's quickly go over the last two. Uh, Sigma is who you play. Um, he is a 22-year-old like college student. Uh, doesn't have a voice. Not voiced, uh, yeah. which I think comes into play a little bit later. And you are paired up with Phi, who's almost like your sassy sidekick. Who- yes. It, it, it's really like the Ross and Rachel of this game, if you will. I don't know who that is. Oh, but... my God. Friends? Oh, Ross. Oh, my God. Do you know what I thought you said? <laughs> Ross and Rachel. And I was like, oh, that's an anime character. <laughs> Sometimes I speak very fast, so I understand how that can happen. <laughs> oh, man. I, I see Fi as being... Um, She's very mysterious. Yeah, she doesn't give a lot. She's got walls up, and she's mm-hmm. um, she comes across as smart as well. And again, as if there's more to her than what meets the eye. Yeah. Um. Now I don't know where to take this because we can like the branching narrative in this game. We could take this in about ten different directions. Yeah, I think it's worth now just talking about. Like the final point of the structure of the game, which is yeah. like, um, so you to start choosing your own branch, you will get a choice um, of three different routes that you can go down. Um, one of them, like basically, I've always thought of them as the root of the person who you're choosing to be in a team with. So, like, one of them is the Alice route. One of them is the Tenmyoji route, and one of them is the Lunar route. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll be making this choice. You'll go down this route. You'll backtrack and make different choices within the route, uh, and they eventually all lead to endings. And you're gonna get um, some bad endings. You're gonna get some to be continued where you're actually locked out of continuing, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get like the proper ends. And each character has. A proper end. Um, now, when you get to an end, that is absolutely not the end of the game, and the game is designed that, like, it's hard to even call them an end because 
you'll get to the end of a run, but then you need to use that information uh, to be able to unlock your other routes. Uh, because that is part of the nature of the story. Like, the game is designed that you need to find the information in one section and then carry it over into another section so that you can eventually get all of the ends, uh, which mm -hmm. is the goal um, of the game. How many endings are there? Like, there's like 20-ish, right? Oh, yeah. Probably like in total, yeah. I think there's nine proper ends because there's mm -hmm. one for each character. But in total, then there's lots of many bad ends that happen on the way to trying to get the good ones. Imagine like a tree root or even like a like a tournament bracket style mm. that it's vertical and you start at everyone starts at one point and then the story kind of branches down and like there are probably 20 branches that lead down to each character having a defined end where they are like the ones that have the most agency in that ending uh but some of the, the endings where like Dio end for example bad uh <laughs> and there are a couple other endings that are sorry that I keep like hitting on your boy uh, no. Dio but like No I agree I hate the dude Some of them are bad I just love to hate the dude that's all <laughs> Yeah he's he's a bad dude um I think there's some some uh topics and some things that we need to cover before we talk about like where the story ends up um, yeah. I just don't know if we want to start about talking like about Radical Six or start talking about what what's happening on Earth. Ah, Radical Six, is that a good place to start? I think so. Uh, one point is that when you finish your escape rooms, every time you'll get a safe and often they will have clues inside and the story doesn't feed you, sorry, the game doesn't feed you the story Um linearly at all it's like it'll give you a hint here a hint there and um it will get explained eventually but like say you might get a newspaper clipping about this um pandemic that's happening in the world and you'll read it and you'll be like what like <laughs> i'm part of the world and i didn't hear nothing about no pandemic um and you'll just get it out of context completely and then eventually you'll find other clues and then you'll talk to characters and you'll all start coming together to form a picture. Um, so that's kind of how it's told. But yeah, where to start is like difficult. Yeah, I think we'll just, I, I think I'm going to start with Radical Six and then there's some other really important, like probably the morphogenetic field giving some brief on that again. Uh, yeah. And then from there, like, I, th I think we can unwrap the whole nonary game. So Radical Six is a disease that is really core to the series. Um, it is a virus that has a couple of symptoms. It's called Radical Six because your perception of time dilates and 2.43 seconds is processed as one second. So your perception of time is totally messed up. Radical six. If you look at a ca calculator, like rad six, if you type that in, it's 2.43. So essentially 2.43 seconds is processed as one second. That's the first symptom. Okay. I think I, you were like, hold on. Do I have a calculator? Can I, I look was, at that? I was looking at my computer. I was like trying to visualize it. <laughs> I didn't mm -hmm. know that. That's cool. Uh, 
And then the second symptom is, in this game, a complete desire to want to end your life. Yeah. Uh, and we get, like, the first... Depending on where you come in in the story, there are moments where certain characters like Alex, Alice, or Quark just go a little wacky and then immediately try and grab whatever sharp object, usually a scalpel, is available to try and end their life. Yeah. I think my first instance was Quark. He Same. starts, like, talking crazy, saying things about his soul and, like, that he needs to die, and then he goes absolutely insane uh, with a scalpel, and you've got to, like, grab it off him. Uh, and then I think it's Luna injects him with Soparol to make him... Mm-hmm. Go to sleep right in the kneecap, uh, which is something that made me laugh every single time it happened. An arrow to um, the knee, is that what you were thinking? <laughs> Maybe I was. I was like, is it really necessary right in the kneecap? There's a bone there. <laughs> it takes a super all to the knee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, what happens is, or at least in my like, initial run through is you get the scalpel off him alice is the one that takes it off him and then she just goes missing she like runs away and you're like where is she gone um you go looking for her and then you like start coming across bombs in the building and this is mind you this is specific to the alice route uh it it goes different on each one but on this one you like find her passed out in the garden you find a bomb in the garden um and then you get a lock and you go back and do it again except from it goes differently this time and instead of running to the garden you actually then find her dead in a different room and she's already Mm -hmm. killed herself Mm -hmm. and this is i think the first instance of a a lock or an unlock that i got where um you find her in the crew quarters and what you then do is you go back into the flowchart and you can go back to the previous block of novel and you know that she's in the crew quarters, so you then head straight there mm-hmm. and you can um, start fighting with her to make sure she doesn't kill herself. So that's, like, the first, like, whoa, this is cool. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I am messing with time for good here. Um, and she... That then leads on to another lock. There are many locks within locks that leads on to a lock where we've basically got an infected Alice and an infected Quark, and we don't know what to do with them yet. So go and explore some more story and come back later. I think it's fair to say that this disease is highly contagious. Yes. And that's why a lot of people around you start like acting crazy, as they say. And depending on the path, sometimes you can't do anything. Other times you can put them in like essentially these little like lay down. They reminded me of like the hyperbaric chambers from Dragon Ball Z where like it just puts them in stasis where they won't, nothing will happen to them. They'll go to sleep and they'll just be oxygenated and, and be in a, in a, be fine, I guess. But yeah. Soprol puts them to sleep. Axelvar is the only cure, but it seems like not everyone there's not enough of that cure to go and cure every single person. So again, that's another reason why you want to get out of this warehouse as soon as possible so that you can cure yourself of, of radical six. Yeah. Bombs. You mentioned bombs. There are bombs everywhere. Um, these are called 
They're called something very specific. Antimatter um, bombs, I think. Thank you. And those get teased <clears throat> out a little bit too because those are important to the story as well. Yeah, it seems to be... They, they do a lot of science talk about this. It's like, it kind of seems like an alter, alternative to like nuclear mm-hmm. energy, but stronger. Uh Stronger, I guess, in good ways because they seem to use it to power the world, mm-hmm. but also stronger in bad ways because bombs. It's bombs science. kill people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bombs bad. Bomb bombs bad. <laughs> uh, the other thing too is we've mentioned the morphogenetic field. Essentially, in this game and in other games, there are these people called espers. Um, I think it's probably based off ESP of some kind, um, but they have the ability to project their consciousness through time. Yeah, it's they seem to be able to sort of do different things and uh, it all just seems to come down to some sort of link with the morphogenetic field. Mm-hmm. Um, like the people in 999 were espers and then... Mm-hmm what you seem to be doing in this game like it it reveals pretty early on that um you do a jump uh it actually happens in an a b game where you ally with somebody and they betray you and you're like damn and then you go back and you betray them and they ally with you and then your first response is but last time you betrayed me Mm -hmm. and that's like showing you that this isn't just us as a player switching between timelines. Um, the character remembers the previous thing that we just did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not... It's... it's. I guess later on we'll find out it's not exactly the same as what was happening in 999. But it, it's another branch of the same kind of morphogenetic field science-y stuff. I had a specific example that I made sure to write down here that speaks to exactly what you're talking about. It is... Okay. Uh, right when I started playing the game, uh, you're partnered with Phi and Alice, and in one timeline you choose to you're with you're in a duo with Phi, and you are in a solo or against the solo with Alice. So the three of you, two of you pick whether to ally or betray. It's you and Phi, and then Alice decides whether to ally or betray. And in one timeline, you ally and Alice betrays you, you jump over to the to a new timeline where you literally just make a different choice and you actually get betrayed. So it's exactly what you just said, but there there's the concrete example in Alice's timeline of, of that happening. Yeah, yeah. And then there's even instances where like, Phi will just, and, and she almost is, she's all-knowing to me in this, in that a lot of the times she knows things she shouldn't, or she yeah. alludes to the fact that she has more information than than you do the character Sigma. Uh, and a lot of the time she just answers and she's just like, hey, I, I just know it. Or like, yeah. hey, just do this and trust me. Yeah. And she's kind of the only one that does that. I can't remember anybody else being like, oh, like predicting things that might happen or alluding to things that haven't happened. Um, It's just her. And that really adds to the mystique of of her it seems like pretty early on she is maybe doing the same thing that you're doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh which is like jumping presumably between timelines and kind of remembering some of the details uh Mm -hmm. but maybe not all of them so something happens with Fi where you ally with her and she betrays you and this could be your first time doing it but then she goes but uh 
you betray me otherwise, so like, suck it up, basically. <laughs> uh, she's very sassy. And it's like, we haven't done that. This is literally the first time we've ever had this decision to make, and you are like, saying things that we haven't done. And then you can then go on to do it, and you can see why she is saying that, because then in another timeline, you have done that. And she must have just experienced that first before you did. Mm-hmm. I think the game does a really good job of like, they could have done twice the work and like, depending on what order you did the things in, you could have like two different responses within a single timeline. But actually the explanation is that like, Phi just has more information and has done more jumps in time compared to the the player character. And that's why she usually has more information than you. I think I want to spoil Dio first. I don't know how you feel. Okay, I think that. I think there's one more mystery, maybe that we can set up before that. Yeah, is that if please. you do any other um, timeline other than Alice's, um, you will go back to your AB rooms and you will actually find the body of a dead woman. Um, she is just laid there. Everyone's like, "Whoa, where did she come from? Who is this? Um, why is she here?" And she has been like stabbed in the chest. And she doesn't appear on the Alice timeline. She only appears on the other two. And uh, Tenmyoji has an adverse reaction to it. He is very, very upset. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just that's another one of those mysteries that you don't really find out about until a lot further into the game. Mm-hmm. But it does relate to Geo. Yeah. Thank you for setting that up. That's very important. She's in a blue robe. She has gray hair. She appears to be like a 70-year-old woman-ish. Uh, around the same age as, as Tenmyoji, which we'll know why he's upset in a second after we talk about Dio, um, who you come to find out, correct me if I'm wrong here, was the person that took that woman's place in the Nonary games and in two out of the three timelines murders her to do so. Yeah. yeah. He um, just stabs her and takes a bracelet because he was never... He was apparently never meant to be in the games. So mm-hmm. he like he's actually working for outside sources. He is mm-hmm. a terrorist. Yeah. And he has made his way infiltrated into the game for for reasons. What are those for reasons? reasons? For reasons. <laughs> Bad reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's part of an, an organ. He's the leader of the Myrmidons, is I believe how you say that. They're mm-hmm. like a, a hand of the terrorist organization Free the Soul, which actually has ties to the first game. My understanding is that Ace, uh, who's part of the pharmaceutical company that is like heavily tied into the first game, is actually also part of Free the Soul. So we're, yeah. we're kind of tying both of those in together. They want to cleanse the world of starvation and war, and they do it in the absolute worst way. Um and they invest in human cloning in order to, to do so. Surprise, Dio's a clone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cult of clones. <laughs> it's a cult of clones. Uh, uh, do you want me to keep going or do you want to jump in with stuff about Dio? Um, he, his goal is, what is his goal? His goal is to take out the, the old, is his goal to get the, um, cure that's in the facility or is that not even related i thought his goal was that he wanted to 
like set off the bombs that are inside the facility. See, he only puts the bombs there on the timeline where he doesn't kill the lady. Mm -hmm. So it's very like, he's definitely here to mess things up. <laughs> yep. yep. But I feel I for, in the back of my head I was thinking it was something to do with taking the cure as well, but maybe not. I mean, that is a that's probably the reason because my understanding is that again, I Okay, I guess we're going to start to get into it. So so Sigma gets abducted in 2028. Yeah. Um in the world uh, soon after, uh, there's an event that um, causes the release of Radical Six for the planet. There's an outbreak in 2029, I believe, of Radical Six, which infects most of humanity. And then for anyone who isn't affected by Radical Six, there's just like so few population on the world that like it's impossible to sustain the the globe that's been created and like 6 billion people die. Yeah. That's my understanding of it. And then after that, in order to cure Radical Six, they use antimatter explosions to cleanse the world of Radical Six and start over. I think that's what Free the Soul is tr has done in 2029. Okay, okay. <sighs> But I could I could have it eighty percent right. That that's what this game is. It's 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 a lot of detail, and like, if you're not paying attention to it, you you may miss small pieces of it because you collect information on different timelines. Yeah, sometimes you'll get a key piece of information to something, but with no other context, so you like, just forget about it. <laughs> uh, that's 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 twenty twenty nine. So, and we don't know this, we only start piecing this together a little bit as we get these newspaper articles and stuff that, mm -hmm. that talk about dates. And then on one timeline, uh, one of the clues that we get is a audio recording mm -hmm. of... Yes. It's um, about... It sounds like we're going off on another tangent, but it all comes together. Yeah, about we promise. <laughs> um a test uh a test trip to mars it's not a test trip but it's a simulation um it's an audio recording of they lost contact or they didn't have contact because it's a simulation to mars mm -hmm. and then when they regained contact this recording talks about it's a girl who says that six people have died actually no I'm killing six billion people here. And we're like, whoa, what is this that we're listening to? Mm -hmm. And um, Tenmyoji seems to know something about it. So he, he kind of starts, he explains what it is, that it's the Mars, this is how we know that it's the Mars recording. Um, the facility is actually in Nevada desert. It's not like actually on Mars. Mm -hmm. And... He, like, gives us some details, uh, but he won't give us all of the details. Mm -hmm. um, and we're like, how do you know about it? He's like, I was involved in the project uh, a little bit. And it's like, okay, then. When did this happen? And he's like, I don't have time to tell you all the details right now because we need to go in this AB game. Yep. So you get left hanging. <laughs> and uh, eventually you'll learn that, in fact, we're not in 2028 or 2029. <gasps> Oh, we are in 
a year that is a lot later. <laughs> 20, 2074, I believe. 74. We are like 40 odd years into the future at this 45 point. years later, yeah. And then, yeah, so main things you have to, you have to remember is that, and we're not going to talk about the third game in the series, but uh, Zero Time Dilemma is the third game in the series, which actually tells you what happened or you play through what happened in the Nevada test site. Okay, yeah. so that's 2028. And 2074, in January of 2074, that's where this game takes place. But you don't know that until much later. And then you probably start to ask yourself, wait, wasn't I led to believe that my character Sigma was abducted in 2028? You were abducted in that year. Um, other characters were also abducted in that time. And they were essentially put in stasis in those pods for 45 years only to play out this nonary game in 2074. Yeah. It's a big part of the mystery is like you find these pods and you know they'll do cryo-freeze-sleep thingy. Mm -hmm. And there's three of them and you know that they've been activated very recently. So throughout the game you're like, okay, some three people may have been in like a free sleep here. Who is this? Why is this? Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually you find out which characters were in them yeah are we going yeah. into that yeah let's do it okay um you find out that the three people that were in it were clover which makes sense because we know her back from uh the first game which we know happened in whatever year that is not 74 uh, uh alice, 28 yep 28 yeah alice and Fi is the third one yep Fi, alice clover so that is actually not us. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, where to take it from here? Um, oh man, should we talk about like Ten Miyoji now? Yeah. Oh no, here's an important detail that you need to know. We find out that Clover has been in three Nonary games before the the two first ones, and then this one. Um, but she doesn't. She doesn't really remember there being like a huge time gap. Because mm -hmm. she was in those pods. I think she, her and Alice said they got kidnapped on the 28th of December or something mm -hmm. like that, which was like in 2028, so a couple yep. of days after us. Mm -hmm. um, and they were actually, I think, preparing to infiltrate a Free the Souls camp. Uh, yep. And they got taken away from that and woke up not knowingly in 2075. Mm-hmm. To take part in this game. Because the thing you find out about both of them is that they're actually government agents. Uh, they are part of an organization called um, the SOIS, which stands for, I wrote this down, uh, the Special Office of Internal Security, which reports into the Department of National Defense or the Department of Defense in the U.S. And yeah, like you said, they're trying to infiltrate, uh, free the soul, get captured and get put in this game. Yeah, because since the events of the first game, Clover joined and kind of Alice took her under her wing and started using her Esper powers for good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we, we've talked about Alice, Clover, Dio. Uh, we've hinted at Tenmyoji. Uh, mm -hmm. I think at this point we have to we have to open the box for 
Sigma and the other characters, right? Yeah. So, like, as we've been going, there's been things about Tenmyoji that have been hinted that he either may be somebody that we know or somebody that knows more than we think. Um, He has been kind of insistent on spending some time with Clover. He wanted to talk to her in private, uh, which was like, what does he want to talk to her about? Um, He has a photograph with him um, Mm -hmm. that we eventually get to see who is on it. Um, He reacted badly to the body. And all of this adds up to when we see the picture, we see that it is a photograph of Akane, a young Akane in 999. And you start thinking like, wait, why is he carrying a photo of Akane? Hmm. Um, And then as you can start putting things together uh you find out that he is actually in fact the timeline adds up he is junpei an very old junpei um and he has spent the last however many years 40 odd years looking for akane um and in the meantime he adopted a little baby that he found uh which was quark he got this opportunity to come to this game, I guess, and we haven't really gotten into that yet, but he he did get invited here on purpose uh, because he had to be part of the game mm-hmm. and he brought Quark with him and that is why he is here. Next <laughs> uh, is, the, I guess, the matter of the dead body. Yep. So she is also the same age as Tenryoji, so, yeah. and he is heartbroken when she is dead, so you can kind of start to put it together. I was very unconfident while I was playing it, but the mm-hmm. hints are there. Um, and this actually turns out to be Akane. Uh, she got murdered uh, because she is, of course, part of this game. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. she be? Yep. <laughs> it's a nonary game. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for reasons that we also are going to get into when we reveal the final, well, not the final, but more plot points. Do you want to do the next one? I guess then I I really need to talk about the player character, Sigma. So you don't get to see yourself through the entire game. You don't get to hear your voice through the entire game. And there's a reason for that. So refresher, we got abducted. We were 22 years old. There's a point in the sto- there's a couple points in the story where you get hinted that maybe what you think is not what is actually happening. So the, mm-hmm. the in the mirror in the in the environment there are no mirrors that you can look at to see yourself. They're all scuffed up and they're all dirty. You can't look at your own reflection. At one point, Alice with her scalpel that we mentioned before tries to like cut herself. You get in the way and you get your like hand cut. Mm-hmm. White blood comes out. Humans don't bleed white blood. There's another moment where um, where Luna scans. She does a lot of scanning in this game because she's a nurse and in the future, I guess, we scan for health. We scan Quark at one point to determine what was going on with him. Sigma gets scanned and you notice that you have cybernetic arms. Uh, then there's a couple of... Uh, some of the escape games have like hints to the fact that maybe who you think you are is not what you think. 
So like on one of the computers, there's like a password game and the password is I was you will be me and she knows everything, which like again, foreshadows what, what is happening and kind of when you find out what, who you actually are, you're in a like garden and in the garden, there's a gravestone and the gravestone uh, says, I think it's in Latin. Uh, so pardon me because I'm terrible. If I've never learned Latin. I think it's like Tufui egos eris, um, which means what you are. I was what I am. You will be. Um, there's a reflection in that garden of there's like a pool of water and uh, you're essentially pushed to look at yourself in the mirror and you discover that you are not a 22 year old man at all. Um, you are actually in a 67-year-old body who is missing his arms, missing an eye, and who looks a hell of a lot like a projection of zero that you saw in one of the offices in the facility. What? Please help. What? <laughs> that was my reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. So he sees his reflection, he's like, what is going on? This isn't me. Uh, like, and there's kind of a couple of events happen at a very similar time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I think first, Kay's suit opens uh, and starts explaining things. Uh, is this, yeah, this Kay's even- suit? Yeah, is it Kay's suit? <laughs> is a good point. We haven't even talked about Kay in the other timelines. Yep. In this timeline, um, Kisu opens up and uh, revealed is a old lady who is Akane. Mm-hmm. And she then starts kind of giving you a big explanation about why you're here. Um, like, you are you. Um, this has all been set up so that... Are we getting into it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I kind of went to the like the third or second to last beat before the ending. So I think, yeah, focus on that. And then there's some like K information we'll backfill. Yeah, we'll fill in the gaps. So she starts explaining to you that this was all set up for a reason. Um, There's the similar vibes to 999 where the powers that you have work um, when you're in danger. So this game is set up because... We needed to basically get good at this power that we're doing. And the power that we're doing, we're calling it jumping at the moment. And it's not just seeing the future or anything like in 999. It is we are physically jumping into the body of a different timeline and um, switching places with them, basically. Mm -hmm. And the whole of this nonary game was to get us up to a point at the end so that we could send our 70-odd-year-old brain back into our 20-odd-year-old body so that we can go back to before Radical 6 gets released and prevent it. Um, So, presumably, while we are here, our young brain is in our old body doing this, getting this practice. Uh, We... Our old us is on our young body doing other stuff trying to save the world. Um, So it's 
This is only where it starts to get mind bendy, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what we find out is, and we've alluded to some of the moments in the timeline, but really there are like a few key moments in the timeline. And all of this was set up to have our consciousness jump in a very specific order between those events. I think our whole goal was swapping our 22-year-old consciousness with our 60, so Sigma's 22-year-old consciousness and 67-year-old consciousness. We want that 67-year-old consciousness that has all of the lived experience of everything that's happened to go into the past in order to create um, the this Nonary Games, which has the purpose of getting Sigma and Phi the ability to access the morphogenetic field so that you have enough people in the Nevada test site in the next game that can provide an out- ideal outcome to society so that they survive. I think that's mostly it. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's very... I wonder if it's going to be useful to talk about the moment you were talking about um, at the beginning and then kind of get all of the ending out there before we fill in the rest of the gaps. Yeah, do it. So, well, the timeline gets funky. Yeah. Uh, it, oh man, at one point we jump back to before the game even begins, uh, mm-hmm. like just before. And we actually, is this where we save her from Dio? Do where we, we like, save Akane? Yeah. Yeah. We like five kicks deals bum. Um <laughs> this is obviously from the timeline where she doesn't die because we've saved her. Um important detail to mention about when Fi kicks Dio's butt is that she's jumping like superhero heights, which like in an anime game to start, like I think she does a big jump at like in one of the first scenes and you just think nothing of it because you're like, ah, it's anime. It's fine. She has she can just jump really high. She's a gymnast. Uh, she does it again in that instance where she kicks Dio's butt. And a thing we haven't even talked about is why is she able to jump so high? Is it because gravity is actually different here? Yes. Uh, not only is this not 2028, this is 2074. The game also takes place on the moon. We haven't even mentioned that. We are an hour and 20 minutes in, and this game takes place on the moon. <laughs> Yep, it's um, yeah, because we can't be on Earth. It's a nuclear winter down there. Like, yep. <laughs> the Earth is red when you look at it from space. Yep, which sort of parallels with some of the themes of the eclipse and a red moon, but yep. it doesn't really have too much meaning, mm-hmm. other than maybe trying to psych you out a couple of times. Mm-hmm. The thing I'm trying to explain <laughs> is when she gives you this exposition dump, she explains the entire timeline that we are mm-hmm. doing. Basically, the, the whole game comes down to a time loop spanned mm-hmm. over 45 years. Um, It's only ever a time loop as long as it goes wrong. We don't know how many times we've actually done this, but like mm-hmm. presumably we could have, this could have happened multiple times mm-hmm. uh, because we know that this time it went wrong because we have no arms and we have no eye. Um, so, and, and the nuclear winter happened. 
and Radical Six got out, all of the bad happened. So, um, basically, it's designed so that when Young Sigma, after VLR, he gets sent back to his young body, he then has to spend the next 45 years preparing for this game to happen again so that he can switch with Young Sigma right when he's 60-odd-year-old and get another shot at preventing Radical Six from being um, released. So it's it's a long game. Like, they're playing the long game here. Yep. Um, and so in this meantime, he has to dedicate his life to preparing the game, uh, creating everything within the game, mm-hmm. uh, making science making clones which we haven't even really spoke about yet yep um cybernetics robots which we haven't actually spoken about yet um and all of that to make sure that this game goes ahead how it goes to get the danger and the experience needed of this mega jump so they can jump back try again Mm. um it's wild and when she explained this there's a really, really good... You've got it in the notes, but obviously this is like an audio thing, so we can't show yep. you the picture. But this chart comes up, this spaghetti time chart, but mm-hmm. it makes sense while she's explaining it. It's really good. I was, My mind was blown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows our route as this current Sigma, I think, that we are now. Mm-hmm. You like go from this time to that time, back, forward, this and that. Uh, to eventually, hopefully, make a new timeline with a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's very mind boggly and yep. good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I want to uh, add on to a point that you said where, um, you know, Sigma has to go with his old consciousness to build up a whole bunch of stuff to create the Nonary games. Within that, you mentioned he has to create advanced robotics, which are the golems, which help to uh, execute some of these uh, some of these games. Um, we haven't even mentioned the fact that um, one of the characters in our pack of nine is actually a robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Luna. You know, I, I said a little robotic wink at the start of the show <laughs> because she is a robot. She is dictated by Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics, meaning... In any timeline, she kills no one. Her mm-hmm. goal is just to, is to be another player and to ensure that the game is played the way it is meant to be so that the correct jumps can happen to prevent humanity's demise. Yeah. Crazy. The other character that we've barely talked about is Kay. And Kay, in most instances in the timeline, is actually a clone of Sigma. The reason why we have that is just in case anything ever happened, you know, Akane and uh, and Sigma's plan, uh, Junpei's plan, what, oh my god, not, not, oh my god, uh, <laughs> the, the plan was just that there was a backup of Sigma that could carry out the mission if something ever happened to Sigma. Yeah. Uh, 
And so there's a reveal in that same garden where Akane kind of gives her exposition dump. There's a, like a like a little uh, cryopod that comes up from like when she reveals herself as being inside of K in that timeline. You actually like see a pod come up and it's uh, Kyle Klim K, uh, who's actually just a clone of Sigma, who grew up on the moon in this suit because he never had like earth gravity. So he's in this suit to help prevent his bones from essentially being incredibly brittle um, from being on the moon the entire time. Yeah. And we do get that revealed to us in a different timeline where we do manage to take his helmet off at one point. We see our own face. We Mm -hmm. are like, how, what? Like my mind breaks and then the yep. game ends <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? And this kind of explains that he's, he's a clone. In the other two timelines, Kyle is in the suit, but in the timeline where Akane survives, she is in the suit and he is mm-hmm. just in asleep, just mm-hmm. stored away there. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. Cre- and, you know, he had to develop, Sigma had to develop a, a futuristic AI which is, mm. is codenamed the Lagomorph, which is yeah. essentially just Zero the Third, that little rabbit who runs the game. This game is crazy, and I don't know how you feel, but I always go back to it and say that this is one of the greatest stories that I've experienced in video games, and it sneaks up on you and surprises you because a lot of the time games like this have wacky stories that are kind of a little crazy. Yeah. it's. Do you know why it surprises me as well? Because... The amount of times I have got this story down in my head and I've known exactly all of the details and then right now it's hard to remember them again because it's mm-hmm. like it's so intertwined and yeah. like I've I don't think I've ever played something that has this many twists and turns and reveals and um that is still cohesive and makes sense and it's not a disappointment like the ending lived up to it for mm-hmm. me at least um it was just like a pleasure to to play and rediscover every time I think back to it and then read yep. about it again and then I'm mm-hmm. like oh that's that and that's that and I do recommend to anybody like if you have any confusions about the game or anything like do some reading online as well because there's lots of passionate fans um that really like to dive in and explain everything and there is an explanation for most things, and uh, although maybe don't do that until you've played the third game as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like it's not, it's not like one of those stories that can set up all of these mysteries, um, and then have a disappointing ending. I mm-hmm. thought that it it lived up to it, so it's kind of special. It writes a lot of checks, and I think that a lot of games like write checks and they don't cash them. I think of something even like Metal Gear Solid, right? Metal Gear Solid writes a lot of checks. And I think that as a player, you get the payoff and you cash a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But like, let's say like MGS5, like MGS1 to 4, there are some threads that are stupid or are never explained. But I think that like, that, if you think of that game as anime and that maybe it's a little bit silly sometimes and clones, spoilers spoilers for metal gear solid if you've never just skip ahead 10 seconds if you've never played it clones <laughs> that game has clones it's silly and it caches some of the checks i think this game writes a lot of checks and caches nearly all of them yeah not necessarily in this game but i think it caches almost all of them by the time you played the series which is something that 
like it sneaks up on you because like you, you look at this game and essentially it's like uh, a, a, a visual novel that you just kind of uh, click your way through. And even the, the escape room puzzles, I, I think it would be fair to say this. It is not why I came to this game. Mm-hmm. Sure, some of them are fun. I like escape rooms, but they're they're kind of difficult at times. They're simple mm-hmm. sometimes. They're difficult sometimes. And then actually how you interact with them is not novel at all. It's kind of like, imagine a 90s video game that you click through like an adventure game. It's kind of like that. Um, it's the story and how cohesive and how many branching stories and how it cashes all those checks to me that just like, if anyone ever says like, hey, like what, what game has like the best story? This series is up there. Is mm-hmm. it is a top five in my mind. Yeah. I haven't really thought about how I rank it, but it is definitely up there. I do agree. It's like, what else I like about it is like the characters aren't perfect. It's not like some um, story where everything like is all golden and like it's just it's this hard things that happens, hard decisions. Um, there's like, uh, like I was gonna say a thrill, like tension. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, the pacing. I can't stress, especially in this game, how good I think the pacing is. Um, and it's just again special. I think it's up there with. Well, actually, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything that's really like this deep mm-hmm. in a game. I just can't think of anything with that. I depth. think Soma, Soma's up there. I that think was that- one that came to mind. I think that Bioshock has a twist that is up there with the twists in this game. Okay. Uh, I mean, Bioshock's been out forever. I'm not going to say it, but like, I think it's fair to say the twists. Okay. I think it's like up there with like a Spec Ops The Line twist. Okay. Um, have you played Spec Ops The Line? I haven't. I think I might know what happens, but... Okay. I, I won't spoil that either, but I think it's like this game's highs are up there with like some of those games that I mentioned, which is yeah. like absolute high praise um but yeah like you said it's it's even more impressive that they managed to maintain this tension throughout because this game's narrative is self-directed like you are the one that chooses in what order you pick and it doesn't matter what order you pick there's always tension yeah exactly it's it's the kind of thing it's an example of a great game because, like, although people may argue visual novels aren't games, I kind of disagree with that. Um, or at least, like, where you get to make choices and, like, do puzzles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, this can only be told in this medium. Yep. Like, that's one of the things that they do. Like, this wouldn't mm-hmm. work. It would. I mean, it would be a good story, but it wouldn't be as impactful, in mm-hmm. my opinion, if it was a mm-hmm. TV show or if it was a book. Yep. Um, I really like that we are the ones making the choices. Yep. We as a character are the ones that are doing the jumping between the timelines, putting things together. Like mm-hmm. I think that's an important aspect and it's mm-hmm. definitely up there on those games for me where it can only work at its best in this medium. So I, I guess the, the last part of the game that we really have to talk about is how we end up setting up the third game, which... I, we've talked a lot about the the revelations of hey Akane was in K's armor in the in the in the correct path if you will or the 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 phi end which is technically like the canonical ending of this game. Sigma realizes that he's zero. Uh, Akane realizes she's in K's armor. Akane says that hey Sigma, 
you and your old body, I have to send you back in time to be able to build all of this up. And the way that she does it is she actually um, rushes towards Phi with a knife to stab Phi. And Sigma gets in the way of that. Sigma uh, is knocked over. Um, you're presumed that like the the knife kills you, but actually it just really knocks you out. Like um, Akane uses the back of the knife to like knock you out. And that's when you as a character, as Zero Senior, as uh, Sigma are transported back to the past in 2028. And that's what leads to the end or beginnings um, sequence that sets up the third game. <sighs> and that takes you back to um, kind of a moment that I've alluded to. Uh, you kind of wake up. Uh, you are watching a TV, right? And yep, yep. Um, there's a news reporter on, and she is like talking about the 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 world, and kind mm-hmm. of is like, I can't the radical six infection. I can't do this anymore. Do you want me to read the, the actual transcript of the announcer? Ooh, what they it? say? I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, today as April 13th, 2029, and this is the evening news. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I don't have any news to read. All of our station's reporters have passed after contacting Radical 6. So my, excuse me, I've managed to keep us on air until now, but I'm out of tricks. It's time for me to sign off. This concludes our broadcast day. I pray that somebody, that someday our world can be cleansed of this horrible plague. Goodbye. And she puts a gun up to her forehead and takes her own life. It's like, it's mental. It's absolutely, you're like, oh, I just learned all these things and this game is mental and it continues to be mental even in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what order do these things happen in? Um, The, like, what happens next? Yeah, so we have gone back to the moment in 2029 uh, where the, well, it's the day, it's the fateful day of like April 13th. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's the day that all of the, I was going to say nuclear reactors, antimatter reactors blow yep. up. Um, and you get to see that happen like through a window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's grim. It's, yep. this is, this is what happened to the world. This is 6 billion people dying. Mm-hmm. And then a moment that you like. Yeah. So the, the moment that uh, like absolutely gave me nightmares and it's, <laughs> It's probably the one frame of animation that I will remember of this game forever just because it was such a shocking revelation. And I don't know why, like, I didn't remember that he had cybernetic arms or that, um, I I don't know if I didn't clue in or what, but it's this, like, really striking frame of Sigma looking down at his arms and realizing that they're, like, really basic, like, literally robot arms, um because of the events that happened in the to- huh, in the timeline from the next game that leads to this one like you essentially assume the body of a sigma that survived the the Nevada desert experiment but lost an eye and two arms and it's just this i i super recommend you just like if you've not no, you've played it, so you know this game. But like, just look at it again. It's like a super striking image of him just like mortified at his robot arms. And that gave me nightmares for the days afterwards. 
So right after that, they're going into their shuttle um, and they're traveling to Rhizome 9, which like also there's more research facilities on the moon besides Rhizome 9, um, but they're taking Alice and Clover and Phi and going to the moon to start these experiments to create the Nonary Games. Yeah, and Khan is there just telling us, you need to do all of this stuff in the next 40 years. Yep. Um, It must be mortifying though, like you can understand it, like he just got his body taken over by his older self and then when he came back his arms were gone like yep. you had one job keep me yeah. safe <laughs> <laughs> and okane like very clearly spells it out for you where she's like hey in the next 45 years you have to create the ab project the after before project yeah the, um whatever name they they give it um uh the nonary games ambidex edition thank you ambidex edition um but in the next 45 years he has to master genetic engineering AI programming. Uh, he has to create his clone of himself, Luna, the robot who helps in the game, uh, Zero, Zero Junior, the Lagomorph, and then like develop bracelets, chromatic doors. Uh, absolutely crazy that it's just all light laid out like this. Yeah. This game's amazing. It's very good. It's very it good. It's very good. <laughs> Um, Every time you think it's ending, another block opens up that you can then go to mm-hmm. <laughs> and do a bit more story. Uh, there is a final kind of secret ending that mm-hmm. maybe not everybody would get. Um, so as you're playing, uh, you can there's difficulty levels on the uh, escape rooms. So like if you're struggling, you can turn it down to easy and it'll give you more hints. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't do that, you'll always get an extra secret. No, you know what? It's it's that, but also there's always a second solution to the room mm-hmm. and that gives you a separate file. And if you collect all of these extra files by getting both solutions to every room, this gives you like a separate ending at the end. Mm-hmm. And this is like already being announced as it's not actually canon, but it's very interesting to watch. It's got some good things in it and it's got mm-hmm. some like, maybe not so good things in um and i think in this ending you are now k back in the 95 timeline like after the game is over mm-hmm. and um you kind of go around talking to everybody and learning things um i can't remember all of it but i do my favorite part was you have a conversation with Tenmyoji mm-hmm. and he is explaining how kind of uh the time how do you call it the time splits work so like Mm -hmm. how one route uh does one thing maybe people die maybe people survive one route does another thing um and then if you jump between those things like basically the other timeline is still there it's still gonna continue living Mm -hmm. um and both splits are real and are happening. So, like, meanwhile, the old us that has just done VLR, like the old Sigma that's gone back, maybe they save the world, whatever. They get to live in that timeline, but we're still here. And it was a very, like, uh, it felt very heartfelt to me. And it was, it makes you think of the consequences, how, like, every branch that you did, every time they died, that happened. Like, or if there was any survivors, every time the game ended and you were stuck there, they were still going to like just keep living the rest of their days out. And um, it, it was a good way of 
making you think about sort of multiverse stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they also had some other little bits about Kyle and about Clover and Alice and Nakane and everything like that. But again, it's not canon, so it's kind of up to the person how much they want to read into it. Mm-hmm. But that part specifically was worth, like, definitely, if you didn't get that and you play through that, I recommend going and watching it. Yeah, I don't know if I went through that, to be honest with you. Um, I probably did. I got all the achievements or I got all the trophies, so I must have. But I that's a then. really good, like, put another way. Let's say you jumped a hundred times in this game. Mm-hmm. Canonically, what they're, maybe non-canonically, but what the developer is, like, winking and nodding at you is that every single time you have one, as the player, you are one consciousness, and that consciousness jumped between different um, sections where in most cases the character doesn't save the world and dies. Mm-hmm. So there may be a hundred other consciousnesses that you've swapped places with that are now confused, dead, or like don't get to live their lives as they were. That's like yeah. a really, really interesting thought. It is. That it's I haunting. Spent enough time on. Yeah, it, that's the part that actually really interests me in these kind of stories mm-hmm. and like i was really glad they addressed it because I, I do just find it haunting so i guess as a as a as final thoughts um <laughs> what have we not said about virtue's last reward <laughs> i think that if we haven't convinced you that the series is worth your time then there's nothing that will i think that without spoiling what happens in zero time dilemma because i would never do that to y'all if you've listened to this, you know, 90 plus minute podcast and are still listening, I will not spoil it. I I think that this is the peak of the series. I Me think too. that uh, Zero Time Dilemma is is quite good, but this is definitely the thing that opens your mind and makes your brain explode. You know that meme, that blue brain that like has all the light coming from it where your brain explodes? <laughs> yeah. That's this game. <laughs> I actually... Super worth your time very much agree like yeah this is my favorite in the series like i really liked zero time dilemma for different reasons uh this one is like it's just everything it does or like pretty much everything it does it does very well i was engaged the entire time like Mm -hmm. i just oh i just loved it it was entertaining thoughtful Mm -hmm. just just good Yeah, and uh, from a from a time investment perspective, it's it's the thing that I'm just like googling right now, is that like, this game is the longest of all of them. Yeah. Uh, you basically need between thirty and forty hours to really see everything. Um, but if you've made it this far, you have no excuse not to play Zero Time Dilemma. It's shorter. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe twenty hours, mm-hmm. and um, I liked it. And it you just finished playing that too, and you liked it, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was hard to get back into remembering what happened in Virtue's Last Reward because I was in zero time dilemma mode. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> it's it was good getting back to seeing the differences between them. And it's a very different game, but mm-hmm. it's still worth your time, I think. Uh, it, it rounds off the series and play it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more brutal, I think, than the other two. Yeah. And these games are pretty brutal sometimes. Yeah. Oh, it's it's quite wild, actually. Yeah, I enjoyed my time. <laughs> if if these games are like, if the first game is like maybe twenty percent saw, and then this game is like fifty percent saw, I think like the the saw horror films, I think that like the the third game kind of like goes seventy, eighty, ninety percent saw. 
Yeah, it it it, it is pretty brutal. There's yeah. there's lots of blood. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will just leave people with this, uh, and I may cut this. I don't know. Acid baths. That that's all you have to know. Oh. Uh, before I ask you to talk about yourself, um, they have another game out called um, the AI Somnium Files. Is that something you're interested in playing or have already played? That is the next next game I'm going to play on YouTube. I've got another game oh, to cool. play first, and then I'm going to play that as a series, so I'm very excited about that. Okay, it's well, on... listen, you're going to have to come back and talk about the third game, for sure. It's, yeah, it's happening. I'd love to. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's happening. I'd love to. Uh, but tell me the game you're going to play before AI Somnium Files, and then talk about where people can find you and your lovely work. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> the next game I'm going to play is actually is recommended to my fr- by my friend who... Actually, I talk to a lot about these games um, and he found it by searching like games uh, inspired by 9990 escape series and stuff. Um, It's a visual novel. It's free to play actually on browser. It's called Mm -hmm. Exit Corners. Um, It's like an episodic, got like 28 episodes and he said they're like about half an hour each or so. Mm -hmm. Apparently it's very good. And, like, no one's played it on YouTube and stuff. So, because, like, he's been looking for playthroughs because he really enjoyed the game. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play that. That, like, visual novel um, looks like... I don't know exactly which parts of it is uh, taken from this series. But I think it's going to be, like, thrilling and uh, a bit twisty-turny, that kind of thing. So I'm very excited to be trying that game out. Uh, it's just then, free on browser. That's cool. Yeah, anyone can play it. Called like huh. exit slash corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the description says something about five strangers wake up in a hotel or something. And uh, yep. it, it sounds very sawish, but I don't know. Uh, but five I strangers find themselves trapped in an abandoned hotel that's set to collapse in 24 hours. To escape alive, they'll have to solve their captor's riddles and unravel the mystery behind their abduction. Cool. Yeah, I'm very high for it. It, it, apparently it's like a little gem that not many people know about um that's like me and i'm I'm gonna find the name of the um i think it's called is it called afterlife tv i, I forget the name of it um shoot i'm gonna figure out the name of it while you talk about um I'll talk about yourself but there's okay. this like sci-fi series that came out in like the early 2000s that was on like not it was before youtube it was on like some kind of weird streaming platform in like oh. three minute chunks. And mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of this. It's like very dystopic. It's not about time travel as much, but it's like sci-fi end of worldy stuff that I'll get into. But please tell folks mm-hmm. where they can find you and your, your great work online. Okay. <laughs> um, so you can find me on YouTube uh, at www.youtube.com slash control noob. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Twitch, Control Alt Noob Zero. Um, I'm on Twitter, which is where I kind of stay most up to date. I think mm-hmm. uh, Instagram. I like to post clips of my streams and screenshots because I sometimes like doing like video game photography and stuff. Um, what else? Facebook. I don't really use it, but I've got it. <laughs> um. Is that all I do? Oh, and I have a website. That's everything. Yeah. Controlnoob.com. Yes, <laughs> that's the other one. Yeah. And that that's everywhere, I think. 
Uh, oh, and Discord. I have a Discord server. And yeah, I'm always um, hanging out on your Discord. Yes. So if you uh, enjoyed this very long conversation you got to the end and you want to find out more, please um, follow her on Twitch, follow her on TikTok, on Instagram. TikTok. And then if you're... Yeah, you've got TikTok too. I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> uh, but you can find her there. And then her Discord community is also very lovely. Uh, our communities kind of cross paths at times. So... Um, if you're looking for more great people who like to talk about video games, um, you can definitely find the link to her Discord server um, on her Twitch, uh, in her Twitch panels under her stream. Yeah. Cool. Uh, speaking of Discord servers, you can find our Discord server at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. Uh, you can find us on social at leftbehindclub on Twitter and at leftbehindgameclub on Instagram. Uh, if you like the show, do us two favors, send it to a friend because uh, that's how people hear about podcasts and give us a five-star review on your podcasting platform of choice. I think this will be our longest episode ever. So if this is the thing that brought you here, then make sure to let us know in the review that you loved this series and that you want more games like this. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. Uh, I've been making daily TikTok content for uh, four months now, over four months now, like hundreds and hundreds of TikToks. Um, so if, if you like me, uh, or if you weren't annoyed by the sound of my voice, uh, what I would love for you to do is find me on TikTok uh, because I'm dropping hints about game deals and then giving video game history in bite-sized chunks there. So again, uh, at Jacob McCord on TikTok, I would super, super appreciate that. Um, we are going to end the show like we end all of our shows by saying shout out Michael Ruffalo and that, my friends, is one less game left behind. I'm Jacob McCord. I'm Katie Lesbrance. And I'm Travis Colnett. We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes. There are tons of video game podcasts and tons of TV film podcasts, but we're going to bring you the intersection of both and talk about video game, movies, and TV. I know what you're thinking. Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong. Some of them are fine. And we're going to tell you all about them. Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at Cutscenes underscore pod. And most importantly, give us a listen. See you soon. Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast.